So, hey. Hey, bad story idea. Okay, I'm excited. This one's really bad. Really bad? Yes. You always say that. This one, uh... I think we've only had one that we unilaterally decided was completely unusable. Is this, this going to give it the, a run for this its This is pretty bad. Okay. But for whatever reason, when I was going to bed two nights ago, you know, I'll often tell myself a story in my head. And the story I told myself was Jaws, except the shark is friendly. <laughs> and everyone was mistaken. It was a shark that for some reason had jumped the evolutionary chain okay. and had adopted puppy-like traits and just liked people. And wanted to go be with people and do tricks and get treats. And they were always terrified of him. So this is Tucker and Dale versus evil. Yes. But with a shark. With a shark. And people kept being brutally yes. killed all around him. And he's like, no. I'm just here to see the people. I like the people. <laughs> the mind of a dog inside of a great white shark. Okay. Now you said that you were telling yourself this story. Yes. What did you get beyond the pitch? What did I get beyond the pitch? So I ended up with this shark being hunted. Okay. For obvious reasons. Everyone being scared that the shark gets close. But then there was like one person who figured out, wait, the shark actually just wants to play fetch and taught the shark to play fetch. And it was like playing fetch and things like that. But then like, you know, the military got involved, not the military, the government got involved. Like sharks don't play fetch. Something's going on here. Mm -hmm. And it went out of control from there. I think there was a Free Willy-esque scene. Okay. You know, I'm drifting off to sleep. This is, you know... (laughs) This is getting weirder and weirder as I drift off to sleep. So I do love the idea that, you know, the shark had already befriended like old man Withers. Yes. Who lives down the beach. Right. right? And Mm -hmm. everyone thought he was like a serial killer anyway. Right. Because all the dead people. Right. And so then, you know, he dies and the shark goes looking for a new friend. Yes. And it's a little kid who's like, oh, wait, he's friendly. He plays fetch. And everyone else thinks no. No, because there's a string of murders that are blamed on the shark or deaths that are blamed on the shark that are totally not the shark's fault. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Now, what I'm trying to think here, the key for me Mm -hmm. is how do we make the accidental deaths look like shark attacks? (laughs) How do we end up with a bite radius in someone who just gets, like, killed by a wheat thresher? (laughs) How do you kill by a wheat thresher on the ocean? (laughs) Well, (laughs) it's a seaweed thresher. Maybe there's, like, an evil dolphin. Right? It's the roles are reversed. The shark is trying to protect people from the evil dolphin that has developed okay. a taste for human flesh. And, you know, evil yeah. demonic dolphin and good saintly great white shark. And the dolphin just keeps eating those people. And the shark's like, don't go with the dolphin. But then there's a shark there. And then people know that the dolphins protect people from sharks. Everyone knows that. Mm-hmm. They see the dolphin. They swim to it. Yeah. And the shark is trying to stop them. No, don't. And then uh, another so then, another victim you know, of the, the forensic scientist yeah. is like, now this is very interesting. Look at the abdomen. Mm-hmm. This looks like the bite radius of a dolphin. Mm. But obviously that's ridiculous. Yes. What we think Dolphins that means is that this shark like was chewing with his mouth full of somebody else the, and that the shark disrupted everything. had eaten a dolphin. And so the dolphin's <laughs> mouth was in the shark's mouth as it was biting. <laughs> and so, of course, it looks like it has yeah. dolphin bites. But, this is, yeah. There you go. Or the dolphin just eats them entirely, right? It's like, it's a demon dolphin. Yeah, it it like, just swallows people yeah. whole mm-hmm. and yeah. then spews blood out of the blowhole. <laughs> This sounds like this is the light novel that we've finally, you know, we've been dancing around for a year. 
We just need like a really long, ridiculous title. Uh-huh. Yeah. I've been reincarnated as a shark, but I used to be a dog. I still act like a puppy, and now people are dying, but I don't want them to. There you go. Yeah. Coming soon to a theater near you. That one was pretty bad, right? That one was pretty bad. Pretty bad. Yeah. Like, I want to write it. Like, if Stranger Things was actually, you know, the Twilight Zone, Uh that would be an episode of it. And it would be a fan favorite that doesn't make any sense. And that would be okay. You can do one joke episode in an anthology series like that where one Mm -hmm. of them, it's like, you play super straight the fact that there's a demon dolphin and a nice shark. Uh, And then the next ones have to actually be serious. Yeah, and then we get Rod Serling like, Mm -hmm. there is a friendly shark. But who can believe that you're a friendly shark when you're a shark? We go now to the racist island. (laughs) Don't call it the racist island. I really don't think that's a good title, (laughs) Dan. No, we're going back to like 1950s style Twilight Zone. They totally would have called it the racist island. That thinks all sharks are evil because they're sharks. Mm. No, you're right, though. That's a terrible plan. Mm. Speaking of Stranger Things, have you watched Stranger Things? I've watched season one. Season one. I know. Okay. We're on season four, and yeah. I have not. Well, yeah. Well, then uh, there's no forthcoming episode where we talk about Stranger Things, dear audience. No, there is not. <laughs> Maybe I'll catch up, but. Yeah, you're probably not watching Star Trek either, right? I am not watching Brave New World. Strange New World? Strange New World. So good. Yeah, I've heard. So good. I anticipate that I might someday watch that one. But at the same time, I'm like, I don't know. Do I want to even reward them when they failed so many times to make a Star Trek that's intriguing to me? Or do I want to reward them when they finally do? Do I want to just say, look, guys, (laughs) you're throwing darts at a dartboard and you eventually hit actual Star Trek. I don't have confidence that if I continue to give you money that you will continue to make actual Star Trek. Well, of the five current Mm -hmm. series, two of them are very good actual Star Trek. Yeah, but one of those two I hear is like accidental that someone like made it and the people in charge weren't paying attention. Oh, well, I wouldn't say that's accidental. That's animators getting away with something. Yes. Mm -hmm. The other three series are like the Star Trek equivalent of bad street drugs cut with baby powder. Like they're not good for you, but when you need a hit, you need a hit, you know? (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, I, you know, I try in my life to less be a fan of things, instead be a fan of good media. Mm. So if someone says, are you a Star Trek fan? I say, I'm a fan of good media. Good media. media. And I Which consider- right now means you're a fan of 40% of Star Trek. <laughs> myself a fan of Deep Space Nine, Next Generation- Episodes of Voyager mm-hmm. and episodes of the original series. Most of the original yeah. series. Yeah. Okay. Well. We're going to talk about some good media today. We are. Because we watched the most Dan movie I think I've ever seen. <laughs> Not to say that there couldn't be a more Dan movie, but the most Dan movie I've ever seen. Because it mm-hmm. had weird body horror. Yes. Very Dan. It had lots of humor. Mm-hmm. Weird deaths. Played for laughs that are very surreal. Yes. Actual violence. Really touching, heartfelt family dynamics played very straight amidst all the chaos. Mm-hmm. And some of the most weird weirdness for weirdness's sake that I have ever seen. Yeah. It is an honor to mm-hmm. me 
to have that movie referred to as a Dan movie. Mm-hmm. And it is absolutely my artistic ethos of I'm going to do whatever weird thing I want to do. And if people like it, they like it. Thank you very much. The movie is, if you couldn't pick it out from that description, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Yes, which we watched together last week. Yep. And just absolutely loved. I thought that was such a good movie. I loved it as well. I mean, we'll talk about aspects of it that, Mm -hmm. you know, whatnot. Let me frame this. I have never seen Swiss Army Man. Did not seem like a movie that felt quite up my alley. Did you see Swiss Army Man? I have not seen Swiss Army Man, but immediately after watching... Everything Everywhere All at Once. Mm -hmm. Like our conversation turned to how on earth did this get made? How did they convince anyone to give them money for this very weird, very niche, Mm -hmm. definitely not a sure hit kind of thing? Yeah. Once I realized it was the creators of Swiss Army Man, that answered that question completely. Because that was an incredibly weird movie that was a huge critical darling, won a ton of festival awards. It makes sense to me that they made that movie And then somebody said, okay, we like your weirdness. Please make it for us. And then they got a blank check to do whatever. Yeah. So if you're not familiar with this movie, you should probably just turn this off and watch it. (laughs) Yes. Definitely don't watch this episode before you've seen the movie. I know some of you are going to. Yeah. Don't do it. I'm very disappointed Spoilers. Content-wise, it's... Is R, but it's a very soft R. Yeah. I'm not sure that it is a movie I would show my children. I would probably it's not. definitely not a movie my wife would show so, our children. The big thing that you potentially would find objectionable is there's a lot of great kung fu in this. Yes. Of a Jackie Chan style, we're going mm-hmm. to improvise. There's an excellent scene with a fanny pack yeah. that is just straight up Jackie Chan style I have this thing, I'm turning it into a weapon, and mm-hmm. it's awesome. Yeah. They do the same thing with some sex toys. Yes. Later on, there is that scene. That mm-hmm. for sure is the one where I was like, okay, mm-hmm. I probably don't want my kids to yeah. watch this. So yeah, there you are. There's your content warning. But otherwise, we're going to dive into talking about this show. Yeah. And full spoilers from here on out. Absolutely never-ending spoilers. Because you can't talk about this movie without spoilers. And beyond that, you want to go into it blind, I would recommend. That's what I had recommended to me, so it's what Mm -hmm. I did. Yeah. I did know in advance that it was a multiverse thing. I mean, it's kind of in the title. Yeah. So, yeah. I knew about the bagel. Oh, really? I didn't know, like, what role the bagel served. Yeah. But one of the reviews I read said that there was an everything bagel with everything on it. Mm-hmm. And I knew about the hot dog fingers, but again, had no idea what okay. purpose that served in the story. I just knew it was a thing. One of the realities had hot dog fingers. I knew none of these things. Okay. I knew Michelle Yeoh was in it. I didn't even know that the actor who had played Data from Goonies, Goonies. one of my favorite shows as a kid, was mm-hmm. in it. I only knew that it was a multiverse thing with Michelle Yeoh. Yeah. And so I went in so blind. Let's talk about weirdness in movies and use this as an example because you bring up the everything bagel mm-hmm. and after we watch the movie by the way full recommendation excellent movie this is no hesitation yeah no hesitation this is an easy nine out of ten for me flirting with ten mm-hmm. right but after the movie my wife looked at me and she said that is the weirdest thing i have ever seen in my entire life 
I liked it, <laughs> but it was so weird. My greater exposure to weird media means that I had to think for a minute. And my answer in the end was, this is the weirdest thing I've ever seen that was not animated. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's hard to say. Like, it I definitely seen... had like a fooly cooly. Yeah, it had a weirdness to it. And like, it depends on your definition of weird, right? Like, I have seen some David Lynch mm -hmm. that is really surreal. Like, some of the really surreal David Lynch doesn't jive with me. Mm hmm. This did. And so it's at least it's the weirdest non-animated thing I've ever seen that I really liked. How about that? <laughs> There's yeah. a bunch of caveats. Well, and the thing about it, for as weird as it is, mm -hmm. it is telling a very understandable story and a very right. approachable story in a super weird way. Like That's if you, their thing. You, you go watch obviously. Eraserhead. Yeah. And you get to the end and you're like, oh, I'm not sure what I saw. Yeah. But depending on my own, you know, personal threshold of, weird artistic nonsense i either really loved this or really hated it right at the end of everything everywhere all at once you know exactly what this was yeah. it is at its core a very simple story about family trauma and you know love it's a you know a yeah. woman her husband her daughter and her father and how does she relate to them how does she express love for them how does she not and at the end of it you know it ties off one by one. Each yes. of those relationships improves them. She has to change who she is. Each of them change in some way. Yeah. Except maybe the husband. Who was already very... Who was already just very good person and just needed to be validated, mm -hmm. right? For his work to be good. And yeah. they make a point in the movie that it is work for him to be good. Mm -hmm. He is choosing to be that person rather than just accidentally bumbling into it. Yeah. Well, so. and I liked that. Mm -hmm. You know, those three relationships are all relationships that Evelyn has in some way ruined, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. um, arguably, the father ruined that relationship long before she got around to ruining it. Right. And so he had to, you know, change more than she did in that case. But the fact that one of the three relationships was relatively straightforward... Yeah, you're wrong. He's right. <laughs> yeah. Like that was refreshing to me that it wasn't mm -hmm. just, you know, her coming to terms with, you know, all the flawed people in her life, but mm -hmm. the non-flawed people as well. Yeah. That's a very eloquent way of putting it, Dan. Well, thank you very I much. I like that a lot because there is a sense in storytelling and it's a good sense. You generally want everyone to be flawed in some way mm -hmm. and you generally want everyone to have a bit of an arc when you can do it. But that's not always the best way to tell the story because it can't get flippant with how many things you're resolving as quickly as you're resolving them. Mm -hmm. And by having the husband be a relationship that if she would just buy in would be so much more wonderful than yeah. we both need to work on this, where the other two are, you know, we both need to work on this. In one case, the dad's more in the wrong. In one case, Evelyn's more in the wrong. But in both... Yeah. Of those, they both now, need to learn something. I do think that the husband, you know, is not perfect. Mm -hmm. And if he has a flaw, it is an inability to communicate. Yes. That is what prompts the, you know, divorce papers in the beginning is this is the only way I can get your attention. Right. And really what we see is him come around and finally open up to her and explain, this is what I'm doing. This is why I'm doing it. 
Right, though and it's an alternate universe version yeah, of him that does that. Yeah, it's an alternate universe version, but he does have that moment of, okay, I just need to talk to you. Mm-hmm. And once that is out in the open, you know, then she is able to meet him halfway. Though it is interesting that the one version of him that is able to communicate effectively is the version that was not married to her. Yes. Which kind of hits mm-hmm. home that idea that she's the one who's ruined all of her own relationships. Right, and even looking at that, there's a certain way to argue the other direction that she's been given an insight into his brain rather mm-hmm. than him, the actual husband, needing to change and come to her. And in that regard, it plays into kind of this distinction that's a difficult distinction to make, useful for writers, but by no means a strict definition. But it's like flaws versus handicaps, right? Mm-hmm. When I look at a character, I look at it as a flaw in a character as the narrative will treat this as something that needs to be changed that needs to be fixed and i'll look at a handicap as this is something the narrative needs to deal with this and overcome but it is not the character's fault as the narrative treats it and is not something to be like look we fixed the problem it is more we have overcome the hurdle and Mm -hmm. his inability to speak narratively to this movie feels more like a handicap than a flaw that's true that's very true i just didn't want to you know, totally yes. let him skate away with nothing. Although, really, back to what we said at the beginning, the movie very much is about Evelyn is flawed and needs to change. Mm-hmm. And I think Michelle Yeoh did an amazing job. She's one of my favorite actors anyway. I really loved her in everything I've ever seen. Her. showed off yeah, in this, right? She because- did. Everyone who thinks of her as just a kung fu star... This movie shows so much more range. Even in the movies where she's a kung fu star, she Mm -hmm. is like, if you would have come to me and say, who is Michelle Yeoh? What's your stereotype of Michelle Yeoh? I would have said calm, collected, in charge, right? Mm -hmm. That's the air that she has in a lot of these roles because she is so distinguished. And where this lets her show off is I know that performance that Michelle Yeoh can give where you're just watching her charisma and her competence, her sense of strength, just bleed off the screen. Yeah. And instead saying, no, we're going to show you a deeply flawed, kind of annoying, or at least aggravating. Annoying yeah. is the wrong term. Aggravating person mm-hmm. who refuses to change, but in realistic ways. I saw this and I'm like, I have met that person. I've maybe yes. been that person mm-hmm. many times, but I've known that person also like a dozen times. And I could not believe that was Michelle Yeoh. Yeah. It was one of those performances that just left my jaw dropping because I'm like, I know that person. How have you become this woman that I knew <laughs> in Korea? Yeah. Like so perfectly. How have you become her when I know you're Michelle Yeoh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And her ability to turn that on and off. Yeah. You know, as she does the weird things that give her superpowers and then she becomes, you know, part of the premise of the movie is Mm -hmm. that she can tap into the alternate hers from other dimensions and gain skills or expertise from them. And so you can watch her be, you know, this kind of constant screw up who doesn't know what to do and who looks like a failure and acts like a failure and then... Instantly, she can change and become, you know, the crouching tiger version of Michelle Yeoh, or she become a different version. The movie star. On a dime, Mm -hmm. just right in front of you. It was wonderful to watch that. 
But all the performances were great. Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis was so good. Was was really, really good. The actor, Ki Huey Kwan. Yeah. He came out of retirement, essentially. Well, acting retirement. Yeah. You know, he did Temple of Doom and he did Goonies and mm-hmm. then one or two other little things. Yeah. And then basically got out of acting. He's been working behind the scenes you know, doing like second unit directing and stunt coordination and things like that. And so he decided on a whim, I read this whole interview with him. He decided at some point, maybe not on a whim, I assume that this was a meaningful thing in his life to come out of retirement, start acting again. He asked his agent who thus far had mostly been getting him like stunt coordinator jobs. Hey, can you get me some scripts? I want to start doing acting in front of the camera again. And this was the first script that they got him, hmm. and he got it after one audition, it and did feels a like perfect. The perfect role was job. written for him, yeah. so that's right. Like, <laughs> but he did the thing that we love. I don't know if this is easy for actors or hard, but it's when you're playing two different characters in one body at the same time mm-hmm. and emoting in such a way that we can always tell who is who. I really enjoyed it, and he did that, and he did it wonderfully. He did a great job with it, and. Jamie Lee Curtis was able to do similar things. She you know, was. I, I don't know if we ever saw, you know, her switch on screen, but we could always tell, yeah. oh, this is... When she stands up and looks, you know which one yeah. she is. You can tell just at a glance, this one is the tax person. Mm-hmm. This one is the one who's in love. This one is the terrifying ogre that wants to murder her. And just her body language was perfect Yep, for each iteration I really loved it. So as much as I like the performances, my favorite thing were some of the world building aspects. This is a branded thing. I supremely loved the whole conceit of you can borrow talents from other people. Mm -hmm. I really like the idea of you have to do something weird to get to them. If you haven't seen the film, you can borrow the talents of an alternate version of yourself. But there's a pathway, an action you have to take yeah. that lets the all, machine pretend yeah. for a little bit. All the realities mm-hmm. are connected in like a web. So you are closer to some than to others. By the decisions you've made. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you need to get you know, from here to the one where you're good at Kung Fu, then they map it out and they find, oh, well, that path will take you through this particular world. The way to go through that world is that you have to do this other bizarre thing. Like the first one was you have to express love to her. Right. And then later, yes. you know, we do see a reality in which they are in love. Right. And I, I know, in fact, that that wasn't the one she had to go through for that. Because, right. But that's that was a nice yeah. thing. I mm-hmm. think the first one we actually see is he eats a... Oh, yeah. He eats he, the, lip the chapstick. Yeah. He eats lip balm and eating lip balm lets him access the powers of the person who could do kung fu with a fanny pack. Yes. This is a really cool conceit. It played very well. Now, they do it weirder than I would have done it, right? <laughs> like, if I were building this magic system for a Brandon-style book, it would be you have to branch yourself toward that thing. So we have to find out where you two diverted mm-hmm. and go back to the decision point, and you're going to have to take an action that is similar to that in your current realm. That's the sort of thing you can do in a book that you can't do in a script because you can take a couple of pages and say, all right, we're searching through. Let's see where you two diverged is you decided to go 
to med school and this person, you know, stubbed their toe and went to the hospital, broke their toe, missed their classes and saw what was going on in the hospital, decided I could never be this person. So they never dropped out of med school. Instead, they went over here and they did this thing. And so what you need to do is break your toe or Mm -hmm. whatever. Like I would have that level of explanation. Mm -hmm. That would not work in the film they're doing. They also have a much weirder aesthetic than I do. Yes. Much weirder. They obviously wanted scenes where you see someone eat their chapstick a whole stick of chapstick, and you're like, what is going on? Why does eating chapstick get him powers? And then later on, they just explain it through layman's terms as they get powers by doing weird things. And the weirder the thing they do, the more powerful they must become. That's, you know. And, you know, that early explanation of this is Mm. what helps you go through the path, and depending on what you want, that determines the weird thing. Even that gets thrown out the window. Yeah, it gets thrown out the window, and it's just basically completely the weirder the thing you do, the more powerful you become. Is yeah. kind of the the actual there, there, rule. There's the the one fight where the bad guys are going to gain power. You know, the one bad guy is going to gain power by sticking something in his butt. Yep. And then she ends up fighting two people who both have stuck something up their butt, and there's no plausible explanation Within in the movie their world building of why they both get powers from doing the same weird thing. It's just because once they established the aesthetic of we're going to watch people do Kung Fu for 20 minutes and do weird things throughout. Yeah. Although it did lead to that perfect scene where they're like, all right, everyone, they're all gathered outside the safe room, all the bad guys. And like, mm-hmm. all right, everyone, we're going to be ready to fight. Everyone find your pathway. And they just all start doing the dumbest, just, weirdest things yeah. in mass. And the camera pans across Everyone doing stupid things. And it's hilarious. But that's part of their aesthetic. And I want to ask about this. Like, was it too weird? Was it too weird? Mm -hmm. For me, absolutely not. Mm -hmm. Because I loved it. You know, the weird stuff that happens, part of my problem with multiverse, and I assume we're going to get deeper into this, is multiverse stuff is usually not all that weird, right? Like, I have finally seen Doctor Strange, Mm -hmm. which is the multiverse of madness, and it includes, like, three different realities, all of them incredibly basic and normal, right? Like, the weirdest one they go to is the one where pizza comes in balls, and they info dump the exposition that you need with little mirrors on the sidewalks. There was nothing really, truly bizarre in that movie, except for maybe one sequence while they were passing from one world to another. Whereas this one really was showing me, oh, you know, I assume there is a world where people actually eat chapstick. That's weird. I assume there is a world where blah or blah, whatever. And so they really swung for the fences on it in a way that most multiverse stuff doesn't really do. I'm going to give a defense of the other multiverse stuff. Okay. Part of the reason is I have seen episodes of TV shows where it's just like survey of weird things. And it's very hard to have any kind of plot Mm -hmm. because the weirdness is the story. So if you want to have a plot and characters, then you have to pick one or two places to go and do them very well rather Mm -hmm. than the revolving door of weird places. And beyond that, this movie, as good as it is, kind of proves why it can be dangerous and a bad idea to do that. You love the thing where, and I do too, where they eat the chapstick and stuff like that. But once they threw it out the window, I was a little disappointed. 
because at that point, the movie is being weird for the joke and the weirdness sake, and it's violating its own internal logic in order to have the jokes. Mm-hmm. And so the weirdness in this, the weirdness gets very distracting at times. <laughs> and this is the kind of the conversation I want to have. For me, I can't decide if it was one step too weird or not. Their whole... Well, so far of the two movies they've done, mm-hmm. what I know of Swiss Army Man and this one, the Daniels, I believe, or just Daniels is, Daniels what, is they, what they call, themselves, they call yeah. themselves, the two filmmakers behind this. They like to juxtapose surreal, bizarre, sometimes nauseating imagery with touching moments of character connection. Mm-hmm. And to that end, they achieved what they wanted to achieve, and it's hard to say, man, you should have done this differently. <laughs> it was very, it was more difficult than I want. Not very difficult, more mm-hmm. difficult than I want at the ending for me to connect emotionally with how weird several of the alternate timelines were. I was too busy laughing to feel some of the connection they wanted me to feel despite the music swelling. So I love Rakakuni. Yeah, right? Rakakuni was so good. I love that Michelle Yeoh is trying to remember Ratatouille, calls it Rakakuni, and then they go to a dimension where that actually is happening. Yeah. Brilliant, fun, and hilarious. Mm-hmm. But then in the ending where she is carrying the guy on her shoulders and launches him off, and Rakakuni, who is a bad animatronic on purpose, mm-hmm. is like, <laughs> it is too silly for me. Whenever they cut to that reality, I just snickered yeah. instead of feeling the emotion. Whereas the hot dog hands ones worked for me. Yeah. Even though it was really weird, I don't like that they, you know, they also threw in. Also, they throw up when they are doing something emotional in this world because that kept popping up. I don't me. know if it was vomit or if it was some kind of ejaculation. Yes. But it was ketchup and mustard would appear on their fingers and around their mouths. Yes. And who knows where it came from. That was weird and it was never explained. Here's and my defense. it distracted me, again, from the yeah. touching, like saying, hey, they have hot dog hands. Look how silly this is. Oh, they're in a committed relationship. This is sweet. One has mm-hmm. broken another's heart and they're making up. That's sweet. And the whole hot dog hand things, I could totally just ignore. The barfing ketchup and <laughs> mustard because they have hot dog hands thing. I had real trouble that, ignoring. Both times mm-hmm. it happened, I was like, that feels like maybe a bit too far. But here's my defense of that. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe more of Rakakuni, but of everything in general. Mm-hmm. Is first of all, I do think that they were trying very hard to, you know, like I said, show a wide variety of realities mm-hmm. to be very weird realities. But also, mm-hmm. I think... The fact that one of them was patently ridiculous. Yes. That was, I'm going to give this guy a piggyback ride so that he can get back to his animatronic raccoon. Like, part of that, for me, just fit perfectly into the theme of, I need to accept people for who they are, not for who I wish they would be. I need to meet them on their own terms. Because that is a very parental thing. And that is the lesson she has to learn at the end with the daughter is... I'm not necessarily going to change who I am, and I'm really glad that they did that, that Mm -hmm. they didn't have her completely cave to the daughter. Right. But also, you know, they put her in a position where she has to care about the stupid thing that this other guy cares about. And I have been there so many times. That is, 
you know, me listening for the four millionth time to my Mm -hmm. 10-year-old tell me about the Pokemon he's invented, right? Like I could not possibly care less, but I care about him. And so for me, that's kind of what the whole raccoon sequence was doing. That makes a good argument. I accept that argument. It's very, very on theme Well, and very smart. But if it didn't work for you, it didn't work for you. Here's the thing. If he hadn't had to get on her shoulders and her carry him while Mm -hmm. running, if she hadn't had to throw him, the world is presented as this is our world, but there's a guy with a raccoon. And so by adding all the other bizarre things, then I'm just laughing. Having her give him a piggyback ride and then throw him in a way that a human being cannot throw another human being. Mm-hmm. makes me laugh at it instead of connect with the, yeah. right? And it's good that the animatronic was bad in that if you'd been too much the other direction, you would have gone Uncanny Valley. And this just says, look, we know, right? But I think I could have totally just accepted that, but it was the get on my shoulders. We're running after it. Now I'll throw you. And you dynamically dive through the air for the back of the truck. It just was so ludicrous. Mm -hmm. And so I couldn't accept it on its terms because if its terms are, you need to accept that this man is passionate about this raccoon. And so we need to make sure that he gets the back of the raccoon. Totally can buy that. Yeah. Why do I also need to accept that she can carry him on her shoulders and throw him? Launch him? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know why you also need to accept that. Now, on the flip side, what I loved was the everything bagel. Okay. Why I love the everything bagel is because it in world and context is something a character created. Like, mm-hmm. can I do this? I'm going to try. Yeah. And so the fact that a person like will legitimately think of something like that and be like, can I do it? Mm-hmm. Doesn't break immersion at all for me that it's a bagel and that's silly because a character that I believe would make that bagel made that bagel. Yeah. And indeed, Rakakuni to an extent, I like because it is Michelle Yeoh misremembering, but then all things are possible in alternate mm-hmm. dimensions, and boom. Yeah. I do admit that a lot of my love of the Rakakuni stuff mm-hmm. comes from imagining them writing this. Uh-huh. And it's so hard for me to not imagine the, the writer's room yes, as we've people been are creating this, because we've been through it, right? You've- and at the beginning, when she's trying to explain someone's controlling him like a puppet, like in that movie, Rakakuni, and then they laugh at her because she's saying Ratatouille wrong. And then someone, one of the Daniels, is like, wait, what if we go to a world where Rakakuni is real? And then they just keep following that. And there's five or six different points where you're like, okay, they've already told this joke. And then they take it one step further. And they may have taken it one step further than they should have, but the fact that they never let go of it delights me as a creator. Hmm. I'm definitely not going to argue with your <laughs> passion for that because like I said, it is a nine out of 10 for me. Mm-hmm. The, the one point that it would be a 10 out of 10 is some of this stuff where yeah. the weirdness and the, we are going to make you uncomfortable. Like with the, we're going to have them barf ketchup. I think just because their aesthetic of what they find funny and compelling is slightly different from me. Mm-hmm. It might just be that. It might be that they did take it a step too far, but I don't know. People are really connecting with this movie. People who, like, the fact that I got my wife to watch this movie, my wife, she is a weirdo at yeah. heart, but she has not been raised a weirdo. 
And so <laughs> very similar to my wife as well. And so the fact that she watched it and loved it says that anyone who has an inner weirdo mm-hmm. is going to be able to embrace this movie, even if they were maybe not raised. Yeah. Well, and I think more so than inner weirdo, mm-hmm. this is the perfect time for this movie. Mm. As much as I love, you know, most of Marvel and things like that, you know, the age of the blockbuster where grotesque amounts of money are spent on sure things yeah. has really kind of shaved all of the weird texture and corners off of a lot of our art. Yeah. And so this is a movie that just embraces every bit of weird texture and corner that it can. And so for someone who hasn't seen a movie that's really audacious or really original or innovative in a long, long time, this is an absolute breath of fresh air. I mean, you're probably just watching the wrong movies then because I think they (laughs) have existed all along. Granted, this time is producing more of them. Mm. But I mean- all of my friends who like the weird horror movies, like you, yeah, there's lots of weird horror movies that I haven't yeah, seen. I mean, there's some, I don't know. This one, I think a big chunk of the attention it's getting is because it is the first movie in a long time to show a mass mainstream audience something they've never seen before. Okay. That's a good capstone to our discussion. How's that, Ben? What if Ben was the shark? Oh! <gasps> 